0: On this week's episode, we're talking about ik Kodleika and what this means for queer representation in Bollywood. Bollywood lesbians! Hey, welcome to the Cardamom Pod from Kajal Magazine, where we're talking news,
1: culture, and the internet from a brown perspective. We're recording with Listening Party inside Canal Street Radio. I'm Anushka Patil. And I'm Nadia Agrawal. Nadia, what's on your mind this week? How's it going? it's going good i think um something
0: about this month in particular feels like a bit of a come down i don't know what's been happening but maybe because it's women's history month and that always kind of gets me in my feelings a little bit because it's sort of like a lot of bad branding a lot of bad instagram posts a lot of fake twitter solidarity it's just a lot of shit but um The other night, I went to this really amazing talk in honor of Women's History Month talking about the lost feminist history of New York City. So, like, women's histories that have been lost to time or whatever usually lost because of men. So, there's this really famous Virginia Woolf quote that goes, For most of history, Anonymous was a woman. So, this month, I'm thinking of our foremothers whose abilities and talents were diminished and whose countercultural ideas and actions landed them in asylums or unmarked graves... I'm just sort of thinking about the women we come from, basically, and just, you know, feeling a lot of feelings about that.
1: Yeah. I just read an excerpt from um, Esme Wang's new book, The Collected Schizophrenias, and in it she talks about the journalist Nellie Bly, who, like, in the 1800s, you know, wrote this sort of massive expose of of asylums and and sort of what was really happening. And so what you're saying about, like, women who are sort of lost to asylums and graves is so... um, disturbing really to think about like how far we have not come (laughs) from this period of like oh you have too many emotions you have too many things going on you are genuinely suffering for xyz you know multitude of reasons like you must be crazy but not just that like not even
0: just like you know the regular rigmarole of like mental illness anxiety depression that you know we all as a species encounter and face if women like did something like Like, their skirt was a little bit too short, or they wanted to, like, publish a poem, or they went against their husband's wishes, they were landed in asylums. If families didn't know what to do with widows in their family, they put them in asylums. Not that I'm saying that, like, people who are in asylums deserve to be there, but, like, it was just regardless of what you did, if you did anything that was against the status quo, catch all solution, right? You were punished for it. The problem of women. (laughs) People always say like, Oh, how come like there are no famous women from this period? How come there are no, you know, women beatniks? How come there are no women X, Y, Z? And it's like there were, but they were thrown in jail. They were thrown in prison. They were punished for their creativity. Like I'm going to say this right now. Men make a lot of bad art. Women have made amazing stuff from the beginning of time, but you don't see it because men have, destroyed it killed it ruined it raped yes. it thrown it away like so many things and it's when you sit down and you think about like the burden of that history and how we don't even know these people that we've come from that we're
1: like continuing the legacies of it hurts it's devastating it's a really hard like legacy to to carry i think um on the rare occasions that men do make good art just like how many times have we later found out that it was their wives behind right. all of it, you know, it's right. <laughs> so
0: like Zelda Fitzgerald, you know, that F Scott Fitzgerald took all of his amazing work from her diaries, from her mm-hmm. journals, from her letters to him. Colette. She was a literary genius. Colette. Um, I'm trying to think who else there've been so many women throughout time or who have like amplified or like made their wor- husbands work easier. So like how many wives are the uncredited co-authors of great works or the uncredited research assistants or the uncredited, you know, W- the person who takes dictation and stuff mm-hmm. like that, right? Like how many times have our actions and our labor has been completely ignored and discounted so many times? It's like the norm at this point.
1: Yeah. It's, um like I said, it's a heavy thing to live with. I totally feel you on Women's History Month feeling like, like it's supposed to be this month of celebration and really every month I just feel like we learn more and more that's like, oh, we were super fucked. <laughs> we continue to be super fucked. You know, yeah. I but wish I had. I wish I was like. I wish I had a happier note to end this on, but <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I mean, that being said, like, there's a lot of cool
0: shit that's coming out. Like, I know we were, you and I were talking about some really cool TV shows earlier. That's like a little bit happier. That really center women, and that center like maybe the shitbaggery of women, which is nice.
1: Yes. Yeah, so much um, good TV. That's been, like, my... That's where I'm finding all my comfort. Like, I'm watching Dairy Girls, Good Girls. Christine Hendricks is on there. I, you have to see it. I just finished watching the Amazon Vanity Fair series with Olivia Cook. Just, like, I like watching watching stuff about messy women who are fucking up and who don't give a fuck and who can be cruel. Like, it's, it's very cathartic. I... Eva Dixit had a really great piece about Dairy Girls in The New Yorker,
0: about them being dirt, like teenage dirt bags. girl teenage bags. I loved it. I love Dairy Girls. I continue to enjoy everything about 90s Irish nostalgia. Um, but it was like a perfect review. So definitely check that out.
1: Teen girls are the original dirtbags. Right. Okay. So we have joked a few times on the podcast about Bollywood lesbians in space. But this week we're talking about Bollywood lesbians on screen. We're not quite there yet, but we're trying. Um specifically, we're talking about Ek Ladki Ko Dekha To which uh came out a few weeks ago. It's like massive mainstream Bollywood movie starring sonam Kapoor and her dad Anil Kapoor who I just found out that they're related. I don't know why I was surprised. Um the movie is written by and written and directed by Shelly Chopra co-written by Ghazal Dhaliwal. Um, and it's kind of packaged as this like really traditional Bollywood film. Like when I was watching the trailer, I was having throwbacks to like the '90s Renaissance sort of um, like '90s Renaissance vibes. Um, and it's you know about Sonam Kapoor's character, Sweetie. Um, she's like fighting her sort of rambunctious Hindu North Indian family about marriage, um, as always. <laughs> and turns out, spoiler alert, that she's gay. Um, So when I watched the trailer, Nadia, I don't know what it was like for you, but when I watched, I had no idea it was a gay movie. Like my friend sent me the YouTube link and I was like, I don't watch a lot of Bollywood movies. I don't speak Hindi, so I don't know what to make of this. Um, And then she was like, they're lesbians. (laughs) I think I always knew it was about lesbians because that's
0: how it was shared on all the channels I was looking at like I didn't see the trailer just as like in a vacuum on its own I was seeing it like packaged as a, like first like queer movie or first lesbian movie in Bollywood history or whatever it is which is like a really big title to give to something yeah. um but yeah I I think I always knew and I really wish it like definitely like piqued my interest I was like okay so this is going to be something new and they're going to try a lot of really cool things and like you know with like section 377 getting shot down and like a lot of really amazing things happening in india when it came to lgbtq rights i figured this was like definitely a great moment for a movie like this to come out but i don't know i mean i think we both have we have mixed takes on how successful it was
1: yeah i think like a sort of common criticism that i've read about the film is that it's not really about it's not really about Bollywood lesbians, right? Like, it's not. It, it doesn't center the the women's stories. You don't find out that she's gay, that Sonam Kapoor's character is gay, until like an hour into the movie. Um, what, How long is it? Three hours? No, I think it's less. I think it has like a more reasonable runtime. <laughs> um, but you know, it takes it takes a while. And her partner, um, Guhu, who's played played by uh, Regina Cassandra, who like. Total babe! Please give us more of her and more of Kuhu in this movie. Um, but yeah, it's just—it's really not like there are a few montages of them together, you know. And like, I don't—I think there's like holding hands. There's like no kissing, but it's—it's it's a lot more about Sweetie's family and her—her her dad, her abusive brother, um, this playwright who's like trying to help her tell her story, who was first in love with her
0: follows her back to her hometown appropriate of nothing. Yeah. So story. I was story. like, my dude
1: so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You gotta chill. There, so, I mean, it was it was funny like learning about that storyline because it felt like so tropey when it came to like lesbian films that there's gonna be this one guy who like tries to like change the situation in, to his favor. And it was interesting that they kind of subverted that by making him be like a martyr to her love story. Because like I'm thinking about like chasing chasing Amy. I'm thinking about even, like, any film that kind of really, like, uh, The Kids Are All Right, um, My Idiot Brother, films where they talk, like, they really, like, centralized, like, lesbian romance, but then still made it about, like, men, like, it just or you just haven't met the right man yet kind of situation. So it was nice to see them, like, start off that way, but then be, like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. then they made him into the kind of, like, wounded lover boy character from the 90s. So, like, it does kind of fit into the trope in a different way. It's,
1: like, queering the trope, which mm-hmm. is kind of cute. Yeah. I thought, like, what was kind of hard about it. My initial reaction after like, after I walked out of the theater was like, where was the kissing? I wanted to see, like... Okay, but Bollywood kissing is icky.
0: Did you really I, want uh, yeah. the first, like, mainstream lesbian film to, like, the faces <laughs> just
1: hovering two <laughs> just centimeters like away from me. other? Too <laughs> wet <laughs> somehow
0: and, like, so <laughs> uncomfortable and, like, so much worse than any sex scene that you watch with your parents. Like, Bollywood kissing is terrible. So I don't know if I would have wanted that in this film. Um, I
1: don't think Bollywood or we as a people are there yet. We <laughs> as a people, yeah. I think um, I think what people sort of wanted to see and were expecting was was different than what was delivered. Um, something that I think is really interesting is that like the the creators of the film have talked about why there wasn't um, anything even remotely sexual or physical, and the idea was that. You know, India's censor board is obviously batshit crazy, and they didn't want to give the film like they didn't want to give people any excuse to not be airing this film on TV, to not mm-hmm. have children exposed to it, um, which I think I had not, I had not really considered. You know, and and that makes sense for me as like I live in a very like I have a fairly queer life, like I don't have to worry about the censor board. You know, so it was a it was a good reminder for me at least that like this film has reach that goes well beyond you know what we're accustomed to here.
0: Right. Well, you remember when they ruled that lipstick on my burqa was too female oriented, which was like, what mm-hmm. does that even mean? So like they are on another level when it comes to deciding what what passes and what doesn't. So yeah, it doesn't it does not surprise me that they were very careful about that when it came to this film. But I was more concerned about the fact that they seemed to just prioritize the family's feelings over Sweetie's feelings, that it was really about the family coming into their own in terms of, like, their acceptance and tolerance of her love or of her sexuality, and a lot less about her as a person and her as a person who has, like, developed and has this identity and stuff like that. Like, it just sort of felt like it was about redeeming the family.
1: Yeah, I. That's a, and that's such an interesting question of, like, When do you make content, content for, um, (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm thinking about Hannah Gadsby going lesbian content. (laughs) Um, (laughs) When do you make content for like marginalized people Mm -hmm. versus those people's communities? Mm -hmm. And it's hard because I actually feel really strongly that our families need models of acceptance as well. Right. So broadly, so vices broadly, they're like female
0: channel, I guess. They spoke to Shelly Chopra about this film and like what went into making it. And um, it's interesting because so sh- Shelley is the mother of a, of a queer child, of an LGBTQ child, and felt that it was really critical to like talk about like the family of like queer people and like how like they need to kind of come into a certain acceptance. Like she has this quote in the interview where she says, you know, we call the LGBT community in the closet. I truly feel the other side is also in the closet. They are equally tied down to old thoughts. I truly believe that all parents, uh, parents all love their children. And if they can just change their perspective, it's a solution to all problems in the world. So like for her, her heart was definitely in her experience as a parent of a queer child versus like being a queer person. So like that, I think definitely shines through in this film. It's, it's, it's kind of like paving the way in some ways for like acceptance by showing people the model and template for acceptance versus, like, focusing on the person who's affected by that. Yeah. that
1: makes, Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think something, like, for me, when I was figuring out my own sexuality and, like, I guess, like, coming out to myself, even though I hate the phrase coming out, it's, you know, uh, there's a lot of baggage there. But um, something that was really powerful for me was, like, talking to other people brown queer people especially older brown queer people and 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 hearing them sort of talk about how to have patience with your family and something that um, a lot of advice that i got was basically like look you have just sort of figured out what it means to be brown and queer and you know figuring out all these identities and how they can all coexist in the same person for like my mom she has way fewer models of that than I do, right? So for me to suddenly expect her to turn around one day and be like, oh yeah, got it, totally cool. Like, that's just not how it works. And my hope, and I think, you know, the, the creator's hope um, for this as well is that the more... Brown parents are exposed to things like this, the more they feel that having a queer child is not an exceptional circumstance. Like, it's not something they're the only ones going through, right? It's not like this white Western thing that, like, came in. and The internet made me gay. (laughs) It kind of did, though. (laughs) (laughs) I,
0: I have to say, though, like, I do love and like I think that the film was successful in a lot of ways like it had like an all-star cast like having Anil Kapoor and Sonam Kapoor in a film like this like that really like you know shot it to the heavens in a lot of ways yeah and like I mean Juhi Chow is in it it's really iconic right and it also like is really like rooting it in classic Bollywood with like the, the the title of the film which references the song from um Deepa Mehta's is it 1940 is 1942, 1942 a love story? love story is it earth 1942 no no I think 1942 it's a love story yeah
1: i love that they did that song because like that song was like i think for a lot of like kids like us so there's a heavy like nostalgia to that song like right my mom used to listen to that you know like on cds and to now have it be portrayed in a queer context feels a little bit like i don't want to say reclamation but we have this like thing that's suddenly for us that's kind of always been for us, but now we can just be like, it's gay. It's like we're querying the source material, we're querying the classics. Like yeah, and the so the co-writer, Ghazal Daliwal, is a trans Sikh woman, and she has sort of said that she loves mainstream cinema, she loves the dream and romantic sequences. I love that this was totally intentional, that they wanted to take all these traditional sort of Bollywood tropes and... and, and Queer and the shit out of them. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think it could definitely be queerer in the future I think we can have a lot more lesbians in the future I think we can have a lot more women loving women in the future and I definitely like I'm looking forward to
1: that I think this kind of does begin to set the tone for that we'll be right back after a short break this podcast is brought to you by Gajal an art and opinion magazine for the South Asian diaspora it's a space for creatives of color to raise their voices you can find them at gajalmag.com and on every social platform at gajalmag okay we're back Picking
0: up where we left off, I wanna know, Anushka, what it was like for you as a queer brownie watching this movie. Queer brownie. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I think so it's cute, cute right? Uh, watching this like in a theater with like potentially many other queer brownies.
1: Yeah. So um I watched the the film at a screening that was hosted by this podcast, Queering They See, which is hosted by Prior um, I love it. Shout out to Queering, they see. Yes, amazing. Um, and they put together this whole like uh, string of screenings um, that sometimes had the the creators of the films there. So for mine, um, Shelly Topradas' children um, were there, and it was really just incredible and powerful to hear them talk about like the process of making their movie and their mom's like life work, you know. And I. I'm. I was gonna say I'm not someone who cries during movies a lot, but like that's not true. Um, but honestly, for a long time in the movie, I was kind of like, okay, okay, like let's see where this goes. And there, there are certain moments like just where it hit emotional beats, where it was just like a visceral experience to watch it with. You know, it was a theater full of brown queer people. Um, people were like vocally reacting to like decisions that were made. Everyone around me in my row was like crying at different points. Um, And so it was one of those experiences for me that's like, you know what, the movie is not going to be perfect, no piece of art is ever perfect, but it was just such a powerful experience, and it was such a powerful experience for everyone in the theater, and I think sort of by transition for their families and the people they recommend it to, and how it sort of gets spread, you know, by word of mouth. Um, It was really cool. I'm really glad that I, I got to see it in that context. Yeah. I mean,
0: like what you said, like, it's not perfect, but I think it's definitely a step towards something and I, I'm, I'm really like I'm interested in this film kind of in more in the making of it than I think the film itself and, and also in the reaction to it it's like the, the art obviously takes a life of its own after it goes out but like there was this whole story with um one of the co-producers Rajkumar Hirani being f- effectively fired from production like he lost his co-producer credits because sexual assault allegations came out about him and I thought that was really remarkable especially in Bollywood because obviously Bollywood's been going through its own me too Um, movement and it's been on the receiving end of this political conscious organizing right consciousness reorganizing of of everything and to have this film which is trying to do so much good work in terms of representation visibility acceptance to also go further and really walking the walk predators poisonous
1: people (sighs) toxic people from their staff that's that's pretty remarkable i think i think sometimes because there's i i would totally understand like um an urge to just say like okay but it's the art and like we have to do it for the art and we have to get this made and we have to put it out there but like if you were employing a a potentially predatory harmful person like that has sort of an indelible impact on on the art itself right Mm -hmm. so that's really incredible to me you know that they did that i think when you look at like other films that, um, you know, this is not like the first queer Bollywood movie to have ever been made. There's been a lot of t- bits and pieces. Like I, w- I would
0: say it is the first queer Bollywood film because it's it's doing the work that's required of, of that kind of mantle. I think the things that came before it have either been like the like queer storylines were either incidental or played off as jokes Mm -hmm. so like that's not the same and this is like we're talking
1: specifically about like mainstream this is also intense wide release Mm -hmm. films Mm -hmm. yeah
0: well i think it's worth maybe looking at the context then for this film like what films came before it and what where are we going from here so like when it comes to like so i I, when i think about like gay representation not just like women loving women but like men who love men, in Bollywood films it's always been a joke like there's always like the Sissy character like the wedding planner from Koho or the the little like Kantha Ven sequence where like uh, Ali Khan and Shar Khan wake up in bed together and they play it off like they're a couple and like that's supposed that's supposed to be the joke the fact that they are gay is a joke it's it's rank with homophobia mm-hmm. and then there's also like that horrible movie that I know so many people love. And, Forgive me, but also fuck you for loving this movie, *Dostana*. <laughs> like yes. I know, okay, it had so Starring many bangers. Ars- Fav, Priyanka Chopra. <laughs> 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 like it had bangers for sure, and I'm gonna be dancing to *Daisy Girl* till I die. But like *Dostana* was a shitty movie when it came to queer representation. It was like, again, let's make it a joke, let's make it a plot point, let's have like Abhishek Bachchan twirling his like scarf around, and that's gonna mean that's how you know he's
1: gay. Mm-hmm. Like. There it was just this, a lot um, there was this New York Times op-ed a couple years ago about Garan Johar and <coughs> the idea was basically saying that he is is has been like one of the most influential people in bringing queerness into Indian homes and and basically saying that like he's made all these movies where there's there is this like queer subtext or it's hinted at or they're like queer coded characters and the the op-ed was basically arguing that like all of that is intentional and that it was meant to be subversive and that but keijo is queer and
0: he doesn't want to own it i know he's so always short the, right? the, the idea is out. like
1: well you know we can't go full all out we can't just like have like a normal like gay character or gay story and so he did it in this way he did like everything he could do to introduce it to this to these audiences you know and i'm just like yes like i i see what you're saying and i do think for a lot of for a lot of Indian people, I know for like my parents, like some of the characters in these movies, that was their first time seeing a, a queer or queer coded brown person. At the same time, Gurren Johart is like Gurren fucking Johart, you guys. He like could do if so much more. and he can't be doing this shit, how is anyone else going to do it? Right. Like, right. And I mean,
0: making queer people a joke isn't progress. Like yeah. that's like that might have worked in the early 2000s. It does not work now. And it, it does not work going forward. But then there's also, like, the other side of this, where, like, queer people are sort of, like, these, like, sad subplots in stories. Like, Kapoor and Sons, which is a gorgeous film. Like, we can all agree, like, it, it did a lot of really interesting things. It was beautifully shot. It had, like, a really rich emotional storyline. But then Falwith Khan's character being gay was relegated to the last, like, portion of the film. And it was really about how, like, How tragic that is! Like Mm -hmm. how it's like so sad, and he has this like he's like wrestling with this like like his
1: queerness has to be like it's a conflict, conflict right? Yeah,
0: and like there's room for that, I think. But like if that's all we have, then that's not good, you know. It's like just like there's room for like films like the Big Sick, but if that's like where our brand representation is at, then we're fucked. Yeah. So like that's kind of how I felt about that movie.
1: Yeah, I think the thing with Get Sense for me was that. I, I think from when I first saw it, I thought of it as like, this is a really beautiful film about a dysfunctional family and one of the characters happens to be gay. And that is is part of the conflict in a way that I think, w- you know, that it, it it is based in reality a little bit, right? Like when you have queer these characters, we are, we do pose a conflict. We do, we are a problem for our families in a lot of ways, you know? Mm. But I think you're right that, that like the issue is when that's all we have, you know? Yeah, um, I would like. I would love to see. I think it glad Kiko Like, what what is doing for families is really important, and that doesn't mean that we don't have space for or want uh, a, another Bollywood movie that's that is just about the lesbians and it is about their love right. story. You
0: know, well, there there are films like Indian art house films that have come out in India that are about women who love women and about that relationship, like the the complexities of of that love story, and it does focus in some. Or at least positively on, on those relationships. Like, I'm thinking about Margarita with a Straw, mm-hmm. um, which wasn't explicitly about queerness, but was about the potential that we all have for finding love like that, which is really beautiful. And then there's also Deepa Mehta's Fire, which was about, you know, two sisters in law who have really like estranged relationships from their husbands and find comfort with each other. And, like, I mean, you can say a lot of good things and bad things about both of the representations, but they were definitely way more complex than Iklarki. That doesn't mean that, like, there's no way forward from that or that we have to go back to that. It's just more like there is a really beautiful and strong context, I think, for mm-hmm. stories like that. And I think that just opens up to so much more potential going forward.
1: Yeah, it seems like there's sort of two, like, either you have a kind of diluted or... Yeah, a diluted version of queerness in like mainstream films. Or you have like the art house indie films that are doing their own thing that, like, I I just, it would be really cool to start seeing those two things blend a little bit Mm -hmm. and be like, oh, we can tell authentic stories, complex stories, nuanced stories about queerness in a mainstream way. Which is, I think, brings me to my next question
0: is like, what do we want to see? in queer films going forward from Bollywood. Lesbians in space. Yeah, okay, so let's, like, Frankenstein, (laughs) like, our perfect queer uh, love film. I've been thinking about this a lot. We definitely want more icons. Mm -hmm. Like, I want Rekha to be in these things. I want Shavana Ozmi. I want Shishmita Sen, Wiggling Her Hips. Like, I want all of that. I want all of those things. Shavana
1: Ozmi, I just, like, gay rights icon, Shavana Ozmi. Right, right, right. She is in this new upcoming um, movie with uh, Fazia Mirza, who is a lesbian Muslim... um, playwright and and creator um I just she to me she is like she's such a babe she's always been a babe she is doing the work she does a lot of like AIDS advocacy um human rights work she has to be in it who is like her co-star Rekha Rekha I want (laughs) like a queer elders love
0: story it's gonna be so beautiful um I also want a substantial meaty storyline that doesn't just that doesn't sideline this love story but also doesn't like just focus on like you know the
1: titillating nature of a love story but is also like something to chew on like I think that's this conversation that we're having in the US of like oh we want like we want more queer people to just to just be like regular people you know and like that's one thing but for me I'm also like when it comes to Bollywood specifically right I don't want them to be side characters. I want, like, a whole ass, like, this is how we met. Literal this is we song ta- and dance. Yes, yeah. I want all of it. <laughs> right. And I, I really,
0: again, so that, that brings me to my, my next ask, is I want beautiful dance numbers. I want bangers that I can, like, you know, ha- do at a wedding. I can choreograph a number two. And I want, like, just, you know, something that doesn't treat queer people like a burden, that doesn't treat them like conflicts or plot points, but that gives them, like, whole substantial freedom within a storyline to like be shitty and to develop or to be great and to develop even further like yeah i just
1: want complexity i think we want like the joyousness right like Mm -hmm. bollywood movies are so often full of of you know obviously heartbreak and drama and all of that but there's so much joy and i think that like queer people we have that in our like chosen families we have that in the way we celebrate and like how amazing would it be to see that on screen right it'd be everything
0: so it's time for our favorite segment, No Nazar's Zone. This is where we get to share our takes o-
1: on bad takes and be constructively petty. So Anushka, who are you cursing today? Um, I think we have to go back to like women's history month and International Women's Day, right? You right. mentioned this at the top of the uh, at the top of the show, but like brands what are the brands doing? <laughs> They're cashing in. Yeah. Uh. Like, I don't know if you saw the
0: e-channel changing their name to She with an exclamation point, but that really, like, that fucking hit me. I was just like, what the fuck is but this? I mean,
1: a lot of brands are doing
0: stupid shit around yeah. International Women's Day, but that ad?
1: was, like, mm. on another
0: level. That was just, like, dumb. That was, again, head-ass. That was just like, <laughs> what do we do with this? Yeah. But, like, I mean, like, this this doesn't do anything. So when brands do this thing where they, like, you know, it's like a, you know, what's what's the guy from KFC? Colonel... Sanders Colonel Sanders when they had Reba play Colonel Sanders or whatever like what does that do to like combat sexism or imperialism or the heteropatriarchy does that get me a job that I get paid equally at like does it get me like management support does it get me a mentor does it like move me forward in my life so like I'm getting paid
1: the same as like my male mm-hmm. counterparts like does it give me
0: reparations
1: it doesn't do shit there was this great tweet that was like if you see a brand uh tweeting about international women's day you should reply and ask them what their uh parental leave policy is
0: right or like uh what was it international women's day is just a scheme to sell more women <laughs> oh god <laughs> Who, that was it was, was I, well, let me find her name really quick because i feel like she deserves credit for that amazing tweet.
1: It just, you know, it's, it's great to celebrate. It's great to have the day to celebrate, like, trans women who are doing the work, indigenous women, disabled women, black women, black women, Latin. people, like, all of it. Mm-hmm. And then to sort of see brands, like... Just hopping on in, like, the corniest fucking ways. Just right. To, you don't have to acknowledge it. Like, social editors across the world, I know that, like, you have, you have to, to fight with your... It. Yeah, we're always, like, you're always fighting with your managers and your bosses to be, like, this matters and this doesn't. Do this and, and don't. But, like... All I want is is for one day someone at a brand, at a company to tell their social editor, like, actually, we don't need to take it off your editorial calendar. Right. We're not, doesn't need, we don't need, our voices don't need to be here. Thank
0: you, Megan Amram, or Amram, for this amazing tweet. I really appreciate it. It sums up all my feelings. Again, it's International Women's Day was just invented to sell more women. That, I think, is all of my feelings about this. But also, I think we should sum it up with, um, no Nezer. But give me diverse hiring was essential mental support, not this crappy half-assed corporate solidarity.
1: Give it, give us it all. Yes. Cursing all of these brands with our evil eye. This is like hella nuzzer. <laughs> it's supposed to be constructively petty, but like hella nuzzer at these brands. No nuzzer, but it. take this shit off your editorial list, right? Yeah. yeah. This
0: episode of the Cardamom Pod is presented by Kajal Magazine in partnership with Listening Party. Follow the crew on Instagram at Listening Party Presents and at Canal Street Market. And follow Kajal at Kajal Meg. I'm your host, Nadia, and my co-host is Anushka. Our producer is Aziz Adib. Music provided by Syrian Patel. We'll talk to you all soon. Keep an eye out for Evil Eyes.